Hey, this is Chad Brown. Thanks for checking out Chad and Nate On Demand, presented by SCL Mortgage, the home of MySpecialMortgage.com. It's time for Distractions with Chad and Nate. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Now, here's Chad and Nate. All right, well, Nathaniel Hackett. He's the new NFL. Big mm-hmm. Fangio mm-hmm. was the old NFL, right? Right. And that's why he was let go. Um, George Payton talked about when he did fire Vic Fangio, that he was the best football coach that he's ever been around. And then he told him to kick rocks. Get that, out of here, punk. That wasn't good enough. Right. He wanted something innovative. He wanted something uh, revolutionary, even. But what is the new NFL really mean? To me, the new NFL means adjusting your approach when it isn't working. Um, and we touched on this a little bit with Andrew Mason last segment. To truly understand what is and what isn't working, you need a bigger sample size than mm-hmm. what we've been looking at over the last couple of weeks. Okay, We have been critical of Nathaniel Hackett's training camp routine because it ain't what we're used to, right? We're used to hard work. We're used to blood, sweat, and tears. Mm-hmm. We're used to dragging yourself out of bed in the morning and barely being able to put on your clothes and barely getting to the facility and getting warmed up, but I guess I can do it. And then you get out on the field and you make it happen. And through that kind of toil and uh, inner turmoil, you become closer as a unit. You become a strong fighting force. You become hardened like iron, Chad, mm-hmm. and ready for the fight. But the new NFL says that there's a different way to do it. You listen to the bodies of the players. You try to preserve them for the back half of a 17-game season. And the science, at least the science that Nathaniel Hackett is following, tells him that that's how you do it. That's how you prevent injury. You just don't put them out there, right? You save them. Um, And I know we've been so critical of it because it's unusual, but do we need to pull back the lens, Chad, and allow this man to work and implement his vision of the new NFL before we judge it. And doesn't that mean riding out the highs and lows of a season and actually seeing how it plays out, even if they do start 0-2, okay? Even if they do start 3-5, and will they get it going at the back end of the season? Will they catch momentum and be able to beat the Chiefs at the end of the season, beat the Rams at the end of the season, the Cardinals, the Raiders, and earn a trip to the playoffs on the heels of this new football, new NFL philosophy? Should we back off? And let the man work. Uh, <clears throat> yes, but no. If that's a fair answer. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, is, is, is a larger sample size needed to properly evaluate what Coach Hack, with Coach Hackett's training camp plan and his philosophy about playing players? Absolutely, we need a wider sample size, a bigger sample size to properly evaluate that. I say at least until week three of the regular season before we can put a, a, a stamp on it in some way. But in some ways, it's really going to take all seventeen games to figure this thing out. Um, but at the same time, you and I have a daily radio show. We are asked to report the news of the Denver Broncos. So for Coach Hackett to have Camp Hackett, where it is different than our experience, different than what Vic Fangio did, different than what Gary Kubiak did, different than what Vance Joseph did, then yeah, we have a responsibility to talk about that and base it upon our own experiences, whether they be good or bad. Um, 
I try to refer this to this as an experiment. Uh, I, I don't want to come across as critical because it's different than what I did. I just see the experiment in it. Um, there's you know different ways of going about this, but this new NFL is new in almost every regard. When you and I started playing, music was only a part of like a Friday practice when you were going to go to a loud away stadium. Now you can't go anywhere in a football facility where music's not pumping. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals have a break every 25 minutes in their meetings so guys can go check their phones. Yeah, you got to post some stuff on Instagram, man. Yeah, you got to you know check on your – was that, that girl, did she DM me or not? You know, exactly. I, I DM'd her this morning. I, I can't wait two hours to see if she hit me back. I got to know 25 minutes later. This is a new NFL. Things are different. Uh, and so some of this – has little effect on you know the actual product on the field, so I think that's where our biggest concern came from. I don't want to say critical, but concern came from was is this team going to be ready? I know what I needed to feel ready as an NFL player. You knew what you needed to feel ready as an NFL player, and if I were participating in this year's Bronco training camp. I don't know. I would feel comfortable going into a game without having tackled full speed during practice, for example. Um, if you were a receiver, there's been very limited one-on-ones versus defensive backs, or if you were tight end going against linebackers and pass coverage drills. Would you feel really honed in on all your routes if you hadn't got any one-on-one opportunities? Uh, I'll speak for you. You can, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you would prefer to get some of those one-on-one opportunities. Yeah. So, uh is it a new NFL? Yeah. Is it counter to my experience? It is. But I don't think I've been out here trying to hyperbolize this. I have a responsibility to the listeners and the fan to report what I've seen. And Raj put me in this seat where I'm talking to this microphone based on what I did on the field and my experience is there. I've got to talk about that and compare and contrast. I'm not saying it's definitely wrong. I'm not saying my way was definitely right. I am prepared to see the results as they come, but this is so counter to my experience. I have to point that out. Okay, so considering, you know, let's pull the lens back on the on the experiment of bringing Nathaniel Hackett in, right? Mm-hmm. Because George Payton obviously saw something in him that made him want this guy to be a charge and want to implement the ideas that he laid out in that meeting on a grander scale. And the lights have come back on. Yes. Here at Colorado Credit Union. Thank you, Excel Energy. Let there be light. Um, yes, thank you, Excel. Um, you excel at putting the lights back on. <laughs> so um, Nathaniel Hackett was brought in here to enact his vision of the new NFL. So considering all the stuff that you're up against, the pushback from the old school NFL, the old sham virtues that we preach, which ones are sham and which ones have value, won't it take a year of trying something totally different to see which ones do have value and which ones don't? And if you do believe in this guy, wouldn't you, wouldn't you say, okay, take this year, do it your way, try to figure it out, and then after this year, depending on, on how that goes, we'll make adjustments. And you'll make adjustments to your plan and come back better. Isn't this more, more than a one-year project? Oh, absolutely. And I spoke on this yesterday during the show. The thing Coach Hackett just came up with this, you know, when he was on vacation in Cabo the week before training camp, was like, you know what? Let's see how uh, very little contact does. Let's see what uh, doing no one-on-one. Let's see how that ball plays out. No, he has developed this plan for years. He's had an opportunity to build his head coach book. And when I get an opportunity to interview as a head coach, this is the book 
that I put on the table that I show the GM and I show whoever is going to be hiring me about my practice plan, my the intensity of training camp, how I deal with injured guys, what I want the guys to eat, what the lifting schedule looks like, what my install schedule – all that is in this head coaching book. He's Do you have one of those books, Jeff? Uh, I have started that book. Okay, good. It's very, it's very thin. It's only about three pages right now. Yes, it's, a, it's not like, it's more like. Yeah, I got a long way to go in my head coaching book. Um, but again, every coach who I worked with during my internships was either working on their book or constantly adding and editing their book for their opportunity to get that interview. Yeah. Um, so Coach Hackett did that same thing. So this philosophy that he's come with has been informed by all his stops in the past. What I learned in Jacksonville, what I don't want to repeat from Jacksonville. What I learned in Green Bay, what I don't want to repeat from Green Bay. Um, so all these influences come together to come up with your philosophy as a coach. This is his philosophy. And just like a player learns his most going in from year one to year two, I think a new head coach learns his most after year one going into year two. What part of my philosophy needs to just be philosophical and not actually try to implement that into reality? What did I learn? What did I learn? Hey, I got all a bunch of my boys on the coaching staff. It was great we were boys, but were they, were, were they actually the best coaches to move this team forward? My training camp philosophy, I thought that was great because that's what we did in Green Bay. But in the end, if that didn't get my team ready, I've got to modify that. So, yeah, this experiment deserves a year of opportunity to see what Coach Hackett's overall plan is and how well the new, quote-unquote, new NFL plays out. What if the, what if the Broncos go 5-12? and 12? Uh, then there, lots of things need to be evaluated. Um, but that would be the case if, it, if, if this was Coach Hackett's third year. Coming off of year three if you were 5-12. and 12, But doesn't and, he have more leash since it's his first year? <clears throat> yes, he does. And he was hired to be the, the different guy. And he put his book on the table. So it's not like no surprise. It's no surprise to George Payton. It's no surprise to anybody who was in, in the, involved in the hiring of Nathaniel Hackett that this was going to be his plan. He laid all that out. And that was part of the reasons why they hired him. All this new thinking. Hey, you got to... You're going to bring in a guy who coaches, the, who coaches the coaches? He doesn't even deal with the players. He just coaches the coaches? Yeah, because I want my coaches to be great teachers. And George Payton said, I like that idea. You want to make sure the injuries aren't a part of training camp. I like that idea. You get the job. Now, within that, you get one year to figure out this is all going to work out before we begin to say, hey, man, you might want to think about changing this and changing that as well. Well, we got two weeks till the regular season starts, and Nathaniel Hackett made it very clear yesterday what their primary goal is in the passing game this season. We'll get into that next. You're listening to Chad and Nate on Denver's Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. There's Billy. She's simply for a long time. Oh, man. Um, what is this? 188? Is it Michael Irvin? I think it's Michael Irvin. 88. Jeb Poutier. Ooh, there you go. That's a what do you know about Jeb Poutier. I've, I've done a radio shows with Jeb. Uh, what else? What other 88s we got out there? Well, either way. Good to be good to be hearing Billy in our in our ears. I feel like Nathaniel Hackett would like Billy Ocean. <laughs> well, Nathaniel Hackett was you know a dance teacher. That's right. And a coach, according to Coach Evero, who actually went to some of those classes back when they were in college, he said Coach Hackett moves really well for a big dude. <laughs> for a big dude, is he a big dude? He, he says he can find the beat. He's wow. got a good sense of rhythm. Yeah, DT eighty eight. That's right. Rest in peace. 
So, uh, so Nathaniel Hackett, when he first got hired to to be the Broncos coach, they they kind of had this long piece on him, and they were fall, and they were filming him when he was cleaning out his house and Green Bay, and he's going through all his records and stuff, and he just has a very eclectic music taste. You know, he went from like Nelly and like uh, Warren G to like Ed Sheeran. I'm mm-hmm. like, dude. Throw that Ed Sheeran record away and we can talk. No. <laughs> what? Ed Sheeran is not okay with I'm me. telling you, man. Ed Sheeran's dope. Ed Sheeran is not dope. He's like a he's like a prepubescent kid writing a love song. Every one of his songs is just like, I got, I, I took you out at 9.30, but I had to be home at 10. My mom keeps buzzing me because I got to check in, you know, stuff like that. It's a like, little blue-eyed soul rap combo. It's it's a hybrid. It's pretty, you know, it's, it's creative. Ed Sheeran. No, he's, he's a very talented guy. Uh, Singer, guitarist, he's he can step up on a stage with his little loop pedal, yeah, and he can create a whole beat just with his guitar, and he does not need a band yeah. at all. It is awesome. Okay, so Nathaniel Hackett uh, took the podium as he does most days yesterday, and he made it clear that uh, keeping Russ healthy is the primary goal of this season. We don't ever want him to get touched. I mean, we want to get that ball out. We want to understand the intention. We want to protect him. Uh, and then we want him to do what he does when it breaks down. But if it doesn't break down that way, we want the ball out. Yeah. Uh, duh. Um, no, but um, actually he talked also about, you know, we've been talking about the running game struggles of this team mm-hmm. in the early you know, preseason issues. Uh, but the Broncos quarterbacks have only gotten sacked one time in the first two preseason games, and that was the last play of the game against the Buffalo Bills. I know we've been hard on this line for not learning the running game quickly enough, but should we back off on the pass protection? I think they've been pretty good. Wow. I, I did not know that stat. Um, obviously, I've, I've called the games, and there's been a couple times the quarterbacks have been hit, but otherwise, the protection has been pretty good. So I think there is something to be said there, and maybe it's an underreported story. Um, you know, we tend to emphasize the negatives, not the positives, but that's a strong one. And it, I think it speaks well to Coach Hackett's plan for Russell Wilson. Now, obviously, we haven't seen Russell Wilson in the game, but if you're asking, Brett Rippon, and you're asking uh, Josh Johnson to go out there and get the ball out of their hands. Um, they seem to be doing that. That is the way this offense is going to be run. So I would expect Russ to do that as well. Um, yeah, if you want to keep this guy healthy for long term, you want him to play for 10 more years, as Russ says he wants to do, then, yeah, you have to find a way to avoid the the shots to Russ. Russ has always been a quarterback who's been smart about taking shots. Even when he runs the ball, he uses his baseball background to slide and keep himself out of danger. Um, so I think between the structure of Coach Hackett's offense, trying to get the ball out of his hands, and the Russ's own innate physical skill set, uh, Russ should, you know, knock on wood, remain to be healthy this season. So do you think in light of that fact that neither Brett Rippon or Josh Johnson has really been under too much duress, they haven't been sacked more than one time, and that was the last play of the game, coupling that with Russell Wilson's savvy and ability to uh, avoid being hit, get out of the pocket, get rid of the ball, do you think it's a mistake not to put him in there and let him get some reps in preseason? I mean, the guy knows football. He knows how to not get hit. The offensive line is protecting him pretty well. What do you think Russell Wilson thinks about this? Okay, so when I was driving over to the Colorado Credit Union, which is they put us in the fantastic conference room with views of the mountains behind us, so thanks for the uh, awesome setup, guys. Sometimes we hey, do re- sometimes we do remotes, and it's not as nice as this, just to be just to be clear. This no, is it's super nice. We got donuts. We got yogurt. Yeah, I'm about to get coffee. one of those, those Nusa yogurts here. I bet you're not going to eat a donut, though. I'm not going to eat a donut. No, because it'll ruin your day. I got to get my It'll be cool for like five minutes and then, (laughs) (laughs) 
You know, I got my discipline when it comes to my food. Um, but listening to Joe Clatt talking about things from a quarterback perspective when I was driving over here. Yep. Uh, Joel Klatt talked about he would be uncomfortable with all the new pieces trying to come together and rolled out there for game one. So I know I can only look at life through my eyes, the linebacker eyes. Oh, my gosh, I haven't tackled full speed in practice. How am I going to tackle in a game? Well, Joel Klatt, who played quarterback, um, said you know he would be uncomfortable going into a game without having any full game experience, specifically going into Seattle, where it's going to be a hostile environment. Crowd noise is going to be a factor. How does this offense communicate all their first time doing full speed game action together in one of the most hostile environments in the NFL? That would make Joel Klatt Uncomfortable. So I'll lean upon Joel's thoughts there and say, yes, Russell Wilson should get some kind of action uh, just to kind of begin to work through some of those basic issues. So part of the reason why Russell left Seattle was because he didn't have autonomy there, right? right. He didn't have control uh, over the offense or the process. And it is believed that he came to Denver because he would have that. He'd have more say. He'd have more control. He'd be the architect of the offense. It would, the system would be based around him. So wouldn't, wouldn't that mean that if he really wanted to play this preseason, he would just ask and then coach would let him play? Nope. 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 No? Uh, we threw it out to Coach Outen uh, at the production meeting before the Bills game because he made a point about uh, Quinn Miners asking to play. So Quinn Miners played the first series or two of this ball game. That's where the offense had its most success, actually, outside of the, the fourth quarter, is when Quinn Miners was in the game playing that right guard spot. But uh, we said, okay, so guys get to ask if they want to play. What if Russ says he wants to play? And before the question was even finished, what, what if, if Russ? Russ but, nope. 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 And, and ain't no way it's happening. Wow. So they are completely comfortable in their philosophy, uh, despite you know folks like me and Joel Klatt having some pushback. They are going to stick to their plan. And Coach Evero talked about that in one of the production meetings as well. When you come up with your plan, you stick to your plan. If you think it's a good plan, then you stay with your plan. He talked about how he learned that from Sean McVay out there with the Rams. They've got a plan. They've got a way that they operate, and they're going to stick with their plan. So we can talk about it uh, ad nauseum. Um, but, you know, it's not going to get through to Coach Hackett. He's going to stick to his plan. So Billy Turner recently activated off a of pup, hasn't had a lot of uh, time out there, actually very little, had some personal issues that he, he was away from the team for. Apparently now he's back. That's a big position for this team, right tackle, and it's clearly been a question mark. Calvin Anderson has done his best but has shown some vulnerabilities there. Are you concerned at all that Billy Turner wouldn't be ready to go if he's just kind of stepping in now and saying, all right, let's do this? I would be concerned. Um how physical a practice is going to be um, when we've seen very little physicality in practice so far. In offensive line, uh, that right tackle position, you've got a big-time run, run responsibility, and obviously you're still protecting Russell Wilson from the, the tackle perspective. Um, coming off knee, coming off uh, you know, a, a, an injury where you may have lost some power in your lower body, um, yeah, that gets to be a concern for me. Now, at the same time, Calvin Anderson's play has been a concern. So uh, of the two concerns, which is greater for you, if you're Nathaniel Hackett, is this guy who I've got some relationship with and trust with in Green Bay, is he fully 100% or this other guy is 100%? 
but I don't trust him. Mm. So which? How do you weigh that one out as a coach? Either way, you got a problem. Either, either way, you got no a little problem. bit of a problem. Yes, uh, getting a lot of pushback on the text line from my Ed Sheeran slander. I'm with you, text line. Absolutely, Ed uh, Sheeran is dope. Nate's not being. He's been an idiot here. Ed Sheeran is dope. Nate is being an idiot, says Chad. <laughs> um, I'll read a couple of them. Nate, you just lost points. Ed Sheeran is amazing, and so is the music. That's from Jared in Commerce City. All right, we got another one. Nate has clearly not listened to Ed Sheeran. Ed has some amazing music. Okay, and we got another one. Nate, you got to hear Ed Sheeran rap. Surprisingly, he is really good. Uh, I'm going to pass. I've heard everything I need to hear out of Ed Sheeran. I've seen him enough. I know what I feel about. You ain't making your heart lit at Yeah. Uh, I know what I feel about Ed Sheeran. All right. So the Broncos had to cut down from 85 to 80 players yesterday. And among those cuts was a surprise. Let's face it. Uh, we'll talk about that next. Denver Sports Station 1043 The Fan presents Chad and Nate. <laughs> I love it, Richie. There you go, That's Richie. That's a little Ed Sheeran for you guys. Yes, let him know, Richie. Coach him up. That's all I hear when I hear Ed Sheeran. Okay, so the Ed Sheeran pushback I got has now been balanced out by some, some Ed Sheeran hate on the text line. In defense of Nate regarding Ed Sheeran, meh, I'm liking the new Shinedown. Okay. I don't know about that either. Um, people who listen to Ed Sheeran live gluten-free. Their taste in music is cardboard. Okay. Ed Sheeran is almost as bad as Zach and Stokely's theme song. <laughs> Ed Sheeran is anything but dope. And Ed Sheeran sucks, plays the same four chords every song. So we have a lot of wide opinions out there uh, with, with when it comes to music. Um... Well, what does Cecil Lammy think about Ed Sheeran? We welcome in Cecil Lammy, uh, Broncos insider on the Johnson Auto Plaza hotline. What's up, Cecil? How you doing? Yeah, I saw Ed Sheeran at Red Rocks. This is probably five, six years ago. And uh, put on a hell of a show. It's front row. And it's just him, right, because he does all the beats and then he loops them over. So he put on a hell of a show. But the great thing about Ed Sheeran is the fact that he proves that you don't have to be good-looking to be successful because the dude looks like a bridge troll. So he's, like, very talented. Not my favorite music. A uh, what? And, uh, and he I, looks like a bridge troll? A back bridge up. Troll. Back up. Yeah, it looks like you got to pay the troll's toll. But anyway, like, uh, I, I, you know, I don't get a new music whole lot. Not a big Ed Sheeran fan, uh, but I will say the little guy put on a hell of a show. Actually, the new music I'm listening to, you guys seriously need to check it out, is Joji, J-O-J-I. Uh, I believe he's a Japanese artist who's got some pop songs that are way better than Ed Sheeran, but that's just me. All right, Joji, we'll check it out. So this is a, a subject we've been talking about a little bit on this show, Cecil, is... Should we back off the critique of Nathaniel Hackett's process and just wait and see what the product is? And when you and when you talk about what the product is, isn't that the whole body of work of a season and not just one game at a time picking apart this guy's process? Shouldn't we back off, Cecil? No, not at all. I, I mean, we don't need to go overboard. There needs to be nuance in conversation. And here's the... Here's the horrible thing. This is going to be more than just about sports if uh, you just put your noggins together. 
too often things become either one way or the other, never any sort of nuance, never any sort of critical thinking, never any sort of like deep thought or, you know, critique or, or, or looking at things, examining things the right way too often in life. And now in football, it's just, the Broncos are the greatest ever, or the Broncos suck completely, or Nathaniel Hackett is the greatest ever, nothing's wrong, or this sucks and this is the worst thing ever. Like, no, it's it's more balanced than that. I think it's more complex than that, uh, is the quote from Half-Baked. So there, I get that one in. But, like, for me, it's like, yeah, this, this needs to be looked at. I'm sick of hearing about Green Bay. You're not Green Bay, dude. You, you don't have Green Bay's roster. You don't have those veterans. You know, you got young staff. You got uh, young players on this roster. You got a bunch of unproven players on this roster. You got a nice set of starters. You're going to need a nice set of backups to make it as far as I think this team can make it. I think they are in a Super Bowl window as soon as Russell Wilson was traded. I think that Super Bowl window is open. Uh, but for me, you know, the, oh, it's a, well, look at uh, what Sean McVay did with the Rams. Well, the Rams wouldn't have won the Super Bowl had they not done the deal for Odell Beckham and then Gaffon Miller. Like, they're not winning the Super Bowl without those transactions, What have, which happened in what, October? Right, and then you got the Ravens winning 22 preseason games in a row. That's a little bit the other way, you know, where it's like, I don't care. Like, that doesn't matter. How many rings do they have during that time? Oh, yeah, the number is zero. So for me, it's like, okay, let's talk about it. Let's be critical. It's the only thing we have to do right now because, well, the games don't matter yet. The regular season hasn't started. But to just ignore everything and be like, it's fine. There's nothing wrong. I think that's wrong to say that the sky is falling, the Broncos suck. I think that's also wrong. When we look at it, we need to be critical, again, in life and in football. At everything, we need to be critical. We need to be critical thinkers. We need to examine things and, you know, not just take the team propaganda of, like, this is the greatest ever. No, it's better now. It is better. Believe in Nathaniel Hackett. Believe in George Payton. But you know what? I don't like some of the stuff I'm seeing. See, I, like you, think uh, most of life lies in the gray area. So uh, we're on the same page there. Uh, Broncos had to get their roster down to 80 players yesterday. Uh, one of those cuts was Joe Schobert at the inside linebacker spot. Uh, there was some thought that, uh, you know what, he could maybe solve the issue at inside linebacker spot after the injury to Jonas Griffith. Um, how do you think this spot is shaping up? When I had a chance to watch these guys, Barrington Wade, Alex Singleton, Justin Cernad, Malga, uh, during the game, I wasn't exactly encouraged by what I saw. How about you? Yeah, not at all. And I feel bad for Schobert. And by the way, like you and Ryan crush it. Tell Steve Levy that it's Okawebanom, and then I'll, it'll be perfect. But, like, for me, <laughs> listening to you and Ryan, like, that's a joy, an absolute joy. And I understand – I haven't called any NFL games, obviously. I did, like, minor league football one time. Um, that's a very hard job. You and Ryan made it sound really, really good and sound very, very natural. So congratulations to that. Thank it was a joy course, to listen to. Even though watching it was made me want to gouge my eyes out at times. And it's the run stuffing. It's the gap assignments that are completely missed. And listen, I believe in Ajayar Evero. I think Ajayar Evero is going to be a head coach pretty soon. Maybe next year. Maybe in a couple of years. Like, I believe in Evero's system. And, and, you know, defense is defense. And concepts are concept. These guys should know better. And I saw players that did not have any sort of gap responsibility. I saw players that seemed like, oh, was, was that your guy? Was that my guy? Whose guy? My guy? You know, it's like a who's on first type of thing. And it wasn't real fun to watch. No, I felt 
bad, I guess, for Joe Schobert because he just got here. He even told our very own Andrew Mason after the game, like, yeah, you know, I'm still kind of learning stuff. I'm still picking up on stuff. And I had felt like you'd give him at least a couple of preseason games, but I had also felt, oh, you got a starter now next to Josie Jewell. Jonas Griffith has been out there at practice this week, but he's not practicing, and he has a huge brace on his elbow. I wrote about it at DenverFan.com. So for me, they've ignored this position for years. I guess you can try to fudge it a little bit and play a little bit more dime, play some more nickel packages, rotate in like a Caden Stern, something like that. Like there are ways to, you know, kind of cover up these inside linebackers, but you must be stout against the run. It was my concern uh, months ago with this team. I was like, okay, I, I like the starters. But the way that you can beat Russell Wilson is you run the ball and you keep the ball out of his hands, right? It's kind of like you try to do to Pat Mahomes. You keep it, play keep away. Well, it's not going to be keep away. It's just going to be run up the score on the ground if this team doesn't do a better job of stuffing around. I know preseason. I know starters didn't play. I know DJ Jones is a mammoth monster of a man. I love that guy, not just as a run stuffer, but also as a pass rusher. But, you know, I just want to see better gap assignment, responsibility, and then just kind of accountability from the defenders that are out there in case they do need to play. You're always one snap away, and these guys just didn't look ready. Cecil, Coach Hackett has decided not to play any of the starters this preseason, except for one position group. All the tight ends have been playing to some extent, so obviously one of them is going to be the starter. How do you see that room shaping out? Who stays and who ends up being the starting tight end? Derek Salbert. I mean, honestly, if we just go right now, who's the guy that's not a tell when he's on the field? It's Eric Salbert. Um, you know, he's not as gifted as Albert Okoebunam. Albert Okoebunam is incredibly gifted as an athlete. He's an incredible receiving threat. Uh, I'd like to see him be a much better blocker. I would like to see him just to be a little bit better at blocking, you know, and, and up that effort. A lot of blocking is want to, and both of you guys can talk about that. Both of you guys know, you know, like blocking is technique. It is skill. It's leverage and balance and all these sorts of things. But it's also just want to. You gotta want to, and it doesn't look like Okoebunam. And now I messed up his name. It doesn't look like Okoebunam wants to block. Like he's gotta want to. Eric Salbert will dig you out. Now he's not as good as a receiver as Okoebunam, but also when he lights up, you're like, I don't know what they're doing. And two tight ends is this formation. It's their base formation. I'm not giving too much away. But the base formation of the Denver Broncos, the formation that they'll use the most this year, will be two tight ends. The three wide receiver thing, that's a fan, the same fantasy football. Okay, I'll quote Nick Saban. The same fantasy football. You're not going to be seeing three wide receiver sets and spread them out and like, nope, nope. If you need to, sure. But for the most part, the base formation of this offense will be two tight ends. And one of those is already Eric Tomlinson because he's a great blocker. The other guy is probably going to be Eric Salbert. He can, he's earned Russell Wilson's trust and – well, he's a better blocker than Okoebunam right now, and I still think, and the Dulcich thing's a fantasy. Talk to me in three years about Greg Dulcich. Then he'll be good. But maybe there's an answer on the waiver wire. Maybe there's players. Dalton Keene, who's a local product from Chatfield, he got released by the Patriots. He's a third-round pick two years ago. Um, you know, So maybe we see the Broncos kind of look around at everyone else's cuts and try to add another body to the room that can block in addition to catch. Good stuff, Cease. Thanks for joining us. Be good, fellas. See you, Cease. That's Cecil Lammy brought to you by Golden Oak Lending. 
Okay, uh, when we come back, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Pete Carroll and the quarterback competition going on in Seattle. He gave an update on where things stand between Drew Locke, Geno Smith ahead of Week One. Sound familiar? <laughs> yeah, it sure does. We're gonna get into I'm that next. Giggling. of land, homes, buildings, or any kind of real estate. Football's back, so head to Slattery's Pub and Grill, your neighborhood sports bar in the Tech Center. Open at ten thirty a.m. every Sunday during football season and show every game. Catch any college or pro game on one of their 23 HD TVs, the most in the DTC. Bring your appetite as they serve brunch until 2 p.m. every Saturday and Sunday. They also have plenty of beers on tap. Check out slatterypubandgrill.com for all their specials and promotional events. Slattery's Pub and Grill, your neighborhood sports bar in the Tech Center. Here's Bruce, Steve, and Shayna from Williams Jewelers. Has all the buzz about lab-grown diamonds got you curious? Today, consumers have a choice between natural earth mined and lab-grown diamonds. If you want to learn about all diamonds, come to Williams Jewelers, Denver's diamond engagement and wedding ring store. We'll educate you on the benefits and values of both and let you decide. And because we buy directly from the world's finest diamond cutters and sell at true market pricing, you'll get our very best price Right up front. Isn't that refreshing? Look, it's a brave new world with more options than ever, and they're all here for you right now at Williams Jewelers. In Inglewood, at Bellevue and Broadway. And in Cherry Creek North, on 3rd Avenue, between Fillmore and Detroit. Denver's Diamond Engagement and Wedding Ring Store. At Williams Jewelers, we can make diamonds a part of your Williams Jewelers, where Colorado shines. In Cherry Creek North on 3rd Avenue between Fillmore and Detroit and in Inglewood at Broadway and Bellevue. Whether it's hiking the mountains or riding the trails, you want the most out of life. TBK Bank stands behind you with the services you need to help you stay in touch with your money. Visit tbkbank.com. Member FDIC. On Denver's Sports Station, 1043. This is Cecil's guy, Joji, who Joji. just encouraged us to check out. J O J I, check him out. I'm Cecil Lammy. Uh, tell us what you think about Joji. Should we let it breathe a little bit? Uh, it sounds like some uh, poppy kind of uh, music. Oh, does that mean Cecil's super hip? Because he's. Listening to hip music. Cecil's hip, you know. He's got the leather jackets and the, the shades and the Cecil Lammy haircut. He's got all that. He's sexy Cecil now, by the way, he after is. his uh, his weight loss. Let me finish. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, it's King Super's fan football pick'em time again this season, and that means it's time to get registered for your chance to win free groceries for a year. Sign up at DenverFan.com/slash/picks and go head to head with us, the hosts. All season long with the fan. Um, we've been broadcasting all, all day, all morning. It's been an eventful morning here from Colorado Credit Union. <laughs> to say the least, yes. And, but they've been really great. They've taken great care of us. I just, I had a donut in a break. I had some yogurt. I got some coffee. There's some water. It's a really beautiful building out here in Littleton. And um, you guys should really check it out. The Colorado Credit Union's been helping Coloradans with all their banking needs since 1973. I wasn't born yet. You were. I was. Yeah, but barely. You were a toddler. I was three years old, yes. <laughs> With three convenient locations, you're never too far from a Colorado Credit Union branch. Check them out. Um, okay, so before the break, I teased a little Pete Carroll, 50-50, quarterback.
quarterback competition. We have our own quarterback competition going on here, but not for the starter, for the backup. It's going to be either Brett Rippon or Josh Johnson, and that's a whole different discussion. But the conversation being had in Seattle is reminiscent of a nightmare. <laughs> we all lived through here. Um, it's Drew Locke. It's Geno Smith. Maybe I'll flip a coin. Pete Carroll had a few comments about it, and here's one of them. Yeah, I'm wide open for whatever happens. You know, I mean, that, Gino's been the guy in the lead position the whole time, and I protected that thought with, uh, you know, throughout. And, and he's done a really nice job. He's been very consistent. Um, so we'll just see what happens. And, and you know, there's two more weeks of practice too after this. So there's where the timeline. I had a set thought on the you know, what we would do with the timeline, but that got disrupted. And so um, we're, you know, we're going to use all the time we need. What does he mean? He protected that thought. <laughs> Does that mean that he wanted to give Gino the chance to hold on to it, didn't want to get enamored with the with the young gunslinger Drew Locke and anoint him too quickly or vice versa? What, is, what does Pete mean? Because you know Pete Carroll. Yes. You've coached with him. Yes. What does he mean, I, I protected that thought? I think, you know, you, as a coach, you understand you're going to have uh, favorites and biases and all that. So to protect that thought of who your favorite is and allow the competition to play out as organically as possible, that would be my guess as to what is Pete is trying to get to there. Um, at the same time, uh, you know, you, Pete's going to be uh, – and Pete is – I believe Pete and Bill are the two oldest coaches in the league. Pete's been around football a long time. And what more do you need to see from this competition that is going to reveal who these guys are that you all already don't know? Um, I doubt either of these guys are going to light the world on fire here in week three. And suddenly you go, oh, man, we got ourselves a franchise quarterback. No, you've got the worst quarterback situation in, in the NFL. The Hope, worst. The worst. Uh, according worse, to, worse than the Jets. According to Adam Shine of uh, CBS Sports, this is the most embarrassing, saddest, pathetic quarterback competition of all time between Drew Locke and Geno Smith. The Seahawks are a disaster. Is that a little hyperbolic? And this is where hope goes to die. (laughs) Right, right. I know we like that because it scratches an old itch for us. We don't have to worry about that anymore. But is is that a little extreme? Is it it really that sad? Are these guys really that bad at football? Uh, Yes, they are. Both those guys are backup level quarterbacks and when you put a backup quarterback into a starting situation uh, as the Bronco fans have found out over the last six years it ain't good it ain't good you average 17 points a game you don't get to 20 Uh, you need to get 24 25 to win in this league that kind of number in production offensively is not good enough now of all coaches from a philosophy standpoint Pete may be the best coach suited for this awful quarterback room he wants to win the game with his defense. Mm. He wants to win the game with the running game. He wants to be physical and powerful. And when everyone's talking about the new NFL, he wants to go old school. He wants to out-tough you and out-physical you, not out-Sean McVay, scheme you up with all kind of crossing routes and all that fun stuff you guys do on the offensive side of the ball. He wants to cram it down your throat. So the quarterback position uh, began to get a little too big with Russell Wilson there. Part of the reason why they try to maximize the return on Russell Wilson makes the move, makes a trade, gets all this value back, and now Pete can go back to playing Pete football. But I still think he would prefer a better quarterback situation than what he's got right now. Do you think Pete football is kind of similar to Vic football? I mean, they're very different guys, personality-wise, motivation-wise. Um, you know, Pete's the energetic, uh, positive 
rah-rah guy. Vic is not that. Playing silly games. Right? Vic didn't want to talk. He didn't want to be at the podium. He didn't want to joke around. But fo- philosophically, football-wise, aren't you talking about the same thing? Isn't that what Vic tried to do here? Be, uh, win the game with defense, play conservative, run the ball first? Well, they didn't really run the ball first. But isn't that philosophically what they were trying to do here? Okay, everything fits except for the conservative part. I think Pete's willing to do trick plays. Pete's willing to be risky. Pete's willing to play a little bit looser offensively uh, than Vic certainly was. So I think they may find a way to manufacture a few more points than the Broncos were maybe able to do under Vic Fangio, who wanted to play so close to the vest and really rely upon his defense. I think Pete's going to recognize, I got you know DK Metcalf, I got Tyler Lockett. You know, we don't have to use them all the time. I still want to be a ground-based guy, but we'll try to be explosive in the pass game. We'll get these guys going in, you know, smoke screens and you know, play-action passes and deep bombs. So the conservative part is not uh, an equivalence between Pete and Vic, but the overall philosophy, play great defense, run the ball, be physical, that is the same for sure. We were actually trying to throw incompletions. Right? I wonder if they're doing that in Seattle. Uh, When asked if there's anything Drew can do to catch Gino, here's what Pete Carroll said. Yeah, I'm wide open for whatever happens, you know. I mean, Gino's been the guy in the lead position the whole time, and I've protected that thought with, uh, you know, throughout. And, and he's done a really nice job. He's been very consistent. Um, so we'll just see what happens. And, and, you know, there's two more weeks of practice, too, after this. So there's where the timeline, I had a set thought on the, I mean, what we would do with the timeline, but that got disrupted. And so um, we're, you know, we're going to use all the time we need. So as a teammate, as a player, do you need to know who the guy is right now? They still have... I mean, we talk, this is a conversation we had last year, but they have one more preseason game. They haven't started really game planning or going through the game week preparations. Why do they need to know right now? Why does it even matter? Why, why not take all the time you need to push the other guy to get better? I think as, as a team, you want to know who the team is going to be. It feels like your team connection to who we are as a, as a team, what's your philosophy, who we hitch our wagons to, that part of your team creation is on pause when you got a quarterback competition. You know, who do I get excited for? Who do I cheer for? Yeah, you cheer for both guys, no matter what they do. But in the end, you still want to know who's going to be the guy, who is going to be the person who leads this team, because the quarterback ends up becoming a team leader. He's a guy who speaks the most to the team. He's a guy who teammates look to in certain situations. When a critical situation comes up in the game, in a game, they're looking to one guy to lead us in the huddle, to say some words to us that mean something to us, that are going to inspire us or or clear our heads and get us ready for this critical two-minute drive to win the ball game. You need to begin to develop those parts of the team relationship. And as long as you're in a quarterback competition, that, that whole part of things is on pause. So there's an old adage that if you got two quarterbacks, you don't have any. Right. Well, Pete Carroll maybe thinks if you got two quarterbacks – you got two quarterbacks. <laughs> Here's Pete Carroll talking about. I, yep. let, you know, I can go ahead and just call it, but I'm, yep. I want to let the guys battle and let them show you know, where they are and let us get as much information as possible. Um, Gino's done a really good job of being in that position. Uh, his voice is solid. Uh, he's, he's on point all the time. He's been very consistent with his work, all of that. And Drew has been really sharp. You know, so what? You know, it's. I know it's not supposed to be a good situation when you have two quarterbacks. It means you don't have one, as the old saying, you know. But I don't know. That's We might have two ones. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, Chad, because it is a new NFL. 
It is. And, and maybe this is part of that new no, NFL. No, it's not. It's not. How, How could you say that? Having two quarterbacks is not You don't know it. That is not a successful that is not a successful You haven't tried it. Anyway. Get on board. It's a new NFL, yes. Chad. And what did Pete Carroll expect Geno's voice to sound like in the huddle. Come on, guys, let's get. I mean, what? What do you? you seriously, if you're he commenting, if you're commenting on the voice, you, you're you're trying to gloss over the other parts of the game. So, what do you tell me? You think it's Drew Locke's job then? I'm not saying that. But what do you, okay, if, if you're, you're a betting man, if you're a coach and you're you're talking about your quarterback's voice, uh, you got that means you got issues. That means you got no quarterback. Yes, that's what it means. All right. Well, um, thanks for joining me today, partner. We have been live here from Colorado Credit Union. Uh, thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah, they took great care of us. Uh, you got to come check them out with three convenient locations. You're never too far from a Colorado Credit Union branch. Stay tuned. Stokely and Zach, they're next. Brandon Stokely and some other guy. Hey, this is Nate Jackson. Thanks for checking out Chad and Nate On Demand, presented by SCL Mortgage, the home of MySpecialMortgage.com.